Hi everyone and welcome back to Discerning Consciousness podcast. I'm your host Ant and you join me today here in the New Forest. So we've got the birds in the background which is very nice. You join me for episode 104 which is entitled The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. Now what I want to share with you all today is um, is my take on my uh, individual perspective on all of the uh, rising opposition and pushback to the um, growing tyranny, uh, tyrannical measures that are being imposed by um, by governments around the world under the banner of um, a fake public health crisis, in other words, COVID-19. Now, of course, you'll be well aware that um, the uh, strength of these measures and um, how much they're impacting on, upon people and their daily lives does depend uh, where you are in the world. So it depends uh, in the US whether you're in a so-called red or blue state. And um, recently, I believe that uh, quite a few countries, including Denmark in Scandinavia, have completely um, have completely removed all their COVID restrictions. And yet in France, Germany, Italy, Spain, and here where I am in the UK, um, all of these draconian measures seem to be um, seem to be to be uh, becoming more and more amplified. And in recent days, of course, we've seen the uh, the disgusting um, behaviour of um, the police in um, in Australia, in Melbourne. Excuse the plane overhead, right on cue. And now. Uh, um, Places in Australia, like Melbourne, are descending into something like a kind of um, Judge Dredd meets uh, meets Demolition Man movie styles. Absolutely horrific to see. Anyway, yeah. So essentially, this episode is going to be um, I'm going to divide it into two parts. So part one will be some of the dangers, some of the real dangers we need to. Um, we need to look out for as conscious, uh, sensitive, intelligent people, and one of those is what we could see is um, the system try to co-opt um, any kind of revolutionary zeal that comes to the surface, any sort of public movements. So, of course, if we look at history, we can see how um, they they're often co-opted. So, Greenpeace and more. More, uh, more recently, extinct, extinction rebellion. So they become nothing more than um, controlled opposition, and a kind of Trojan horse for the globalists, the deep state, and all their uh, means of control and institutions like the World Economic Forum to push their own agenda. Um, really, and a lot there are a lot of good-natured people that join these groups, but they're not. They don't realise they're being uh, manipulated, unfortunately. Yeah, so in the second part, I want to um, look at the ways in which um, a more sort of conscious, organic revolution could develop and uh, what that might actually look like. And then I'm going to finish with a, with, um, with a very well-known speech made by Nelson Mandela, uh, who I believe was penned by someone else, but just to leave you with some positive words. So, yeah, if we just begin with um, the phrase, the revolution will not be televised, the origins of the phrase um, date back to the um, to the sort of uh, civil rights movement in the US. You may or may not be aware. 
And it was, um, I believe it was a song or a poem written by Gil Scott Heron. It was written in 1970 and then released in 1971. And this was obviously during the um, height of the Black Power movement uh, that sprung, sprung to the fore in the 1960s and obviously into the 1970s. And, and um, what he meant in his words was, what he was expressing was um, a real damning indictment of the US media at the time, which still rings true today. And now, of course, we think of the world's international media, organisations like uh, Reuters, um, and it was called to a new kind of activism, um, rather than hoping to see a better world displayed on TV. <coughs> it was, um, which always tends to simplify and distort any real message or any real ground, uh, ground roots, uh, public revolutionary zeal or fervor. So a more contemporary example would be if we think back to the, um, 2003 uh, US invasion of Iraq there was that iconic image of the stat statue of Saddam Hussein which was pulled down in the main square in Baghdad and the way it was broadcast to the world's uh, population it was to try and project so it was shot and framed in a certain way to project this image that the vast majority of the Iraqi population welcomed uh, the US and her allies at the time, and they saw it as as freedom from the tyranny of Saddam Hussein's rule. Now, I'm not saying he's a he was a good man, but it it basically it um it projected a distorted image that the US and her allies were freeing were freeing the Iraqi people, which we know was obviously anything but the case. So this is what um Gil Scott Heron was uh, re relating to at the time. And it was also um, a message to the black community to become more active participants in change within society rather than waiting for the government and authorities to bestow them rights and freedoms, which, as we know, are theirs and all of us just by, um, just by the fact of being born as human beings. They're not something that we should have to fight for at all. Um, so, yeah, that's... Um, that's just a little bit of a distillation of where the phrase the revolution will not be televised um, originates from. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it is really, really important at this moment not to become, how should we say, too, too angry and, and fixated on this idea of, a, um, how should we say, like the public overthrowing the government because that that could lead to quite a dangerous situation because as we know what we now know as if we needed any <laughs> any more evidence traditional ways of expressing anger at the government and the authorities no longer work as important as protests and demonstrations are and don't get me wrong i think that it's very important that we do those it can it can project a sort of uh, image that we're trying to beg the government for our freedoms and our rights. So the question is, um, you know, how do how do we act? How do we react? Sorry, in a conscious way, and how do we push back? Because it's interesting to consider um, if we go back to 1970s UK Britain and into the 80s when Thatcher 
uh, came to power uh, and she rolled out her disastrous uh, monetarist policy, policies, I should say, as did Reagan during the same time, which really was an attack on the working population of Britain. Back then, um, there was... Um, there was an outlet for people to express their rage. So and it's very different now. So what we had, for those of you um, who aren't uh, UK-based listeners, so those of you probably aren't aware, in the 70s and 80s in Britain, we had a really vibrant uh, art scene and, and uh, a true counterculture. So mu- music and comedy uh, were real expressions of devi- defiance. And yes, they came from a kind of left-wing socialist uh, leanings, but they weren't infected with this sort of uh, cancerous, as I call it, woke um, ideology. So in the 1970s, you're aware we had the rise of the punk movement. Uh, and we had uh, an organisation called Red Wedge. It was a kind of leftist, uh, probably dipping into Marxist ideology. So comedians like Alexis Sale. And they had affiliations um, to the British Labour Party. And what's been interesting is that... Um, in recent years, and we've seen, particularly since the COVID-19 events, that the arts here in the UK, um, I can't speak for which which country uh, you come from, but the arts in the UK have been virtually silent to the government tyranny and um, restrictions on our freedom of movement. There's no opposition at all. And I'm saying the arts are really infested with woke culture and identity politics. So really... Um, for many of us here in the UK, uh, myself included, um, the opposition really only exists online. And the problem with this is it, it can become a blessing and a curse because, um, as I've said, I think, in my last episode of On Discerning Consciousness podcast, uh, the internet does afford us um, a great reach. We can meet, we can reach many more people than we could once. But at the same time, it's created millions of uh, sort of keyboard warriors and on occasions I would put myself under that title or banner it's not real political activism in the traditional sense of the word so we can feel like you know yes we're kind of taking part in this revolutionary zeal in terms of non-violent opposition but really are we just spreading our message in in uh, these sort of tightly defined echo chambers and we can see how um sort of from around about the period of the banking crisis, so back um, to 2008, we saw movements like uh, Occupy and uh, Anonymous, and there was some real genuine pushback. And then again, that kind of got co-opted and diverted sort of down the sort of Q route. Um, but it, it was making waves before it got, um, before it got infiltrated and redirected. Uh, it was uh, more towards a kind of vehicle for identity politics. So, yeah, we, we can see now, um, in terms of political activism, whereas once, certainly here in the UK, the left and the cultural kind of, there was a cultural dimension to uh, a pushback to any excesses of government power. Basically, that no longer exists. And... Um, I guess in a kind of good way, what that means is um, birds sound very happy today, very active and vocal. Um, it, co- it kind of sort of means that we're on our own, really. Uh, we have to come up with our own solutions to this government tyranny. 
Um, there are no pre-existing templ templates um, that we can use. So it really is uh, incumbus, incumbent, I should say, upon us to create this kind of organic conscious um, revolution. More of that later. And um, as we know, um, we have to be clever about how we organise ourselves uh, in a kind of non-violent way, non-violent and, and non and non-compliance and um, you might have heard of something called the operator model which is where um, we exist as individuals within society but we operate on a very low profile so we don't wear political t-shirts we generally remain uh, unseen and we integrate within society so we don't wear yeah political t-shirts and memes declaring or we don't declare which this is what i've done like I, when i speak to my neighbors I don't talk about COVID. I don't declare my fake vaccine status. And yeah, at, at, at the beginning, I did buy some T-shirts and I wanted to show my anger. But more and more, I'm trying to just, um, as things might get more and more dangerous and violent, uh, it's good to just kind of keep, keep, keep your head down and operate for, within the system whilst remaining unseen. So that's basically what the operator uh, method or model, I should say, means it means like wearing dark uh, clothing. So yeah, you just mingle in. So what we could also see uh, some potential scenarios re relating to this idea of uh, revolutionary fervor. We might see watch out for fake political movements, which could be used to quell public anger against national politicians. Because I have a sneaky suspicion. That what we might see is the globalists in a kind of weird perverse sort of way are quite happy for the public to have a lot of animosity and hatred towards their national governments because this could be about this could be all about their plan to bring about the final tranche of the new world order or the nwo if you like where national governments are completely removed in favor of sort of a pan-national transnational system of control now, that already exists to some degree because we know most national governments are nothing more than globalist puppets. But the vast majority of the public, whichever country you're in around the world, they still believe in the left right political paradigm, you know, the political Punch and Judy show. Um, so be cautious of um, as much as it's good to see the recounts going on in certain states right now because um, we know the election was stolen. And uh, but I could see there there could be a scenario and be cautious cautious of this. I'm not saying it's going to necessarily happen. Whereby they um, Trump returns to office and uh, Biden is removed. But this could just be a part of a a fake revolution. Um, is Trump? We need to answer this question. Whatever your view on Trump, is he a genuine figure of hope or controlled opposition? Or is he just driven by his own vain personal ambition? Now I, I don't I don't I don't know. The book's open on that. But the worst thing that could that could happen for the likes of us who want to see truth and justice prevail on this planet is to put all our all our eggs into one one basket. And it could be that these um, recounts that are going on are made public, and uh, Trump's pushed back into office, and we just give up. We take our afterball and we go, oh, great, that's it. Yep, the revolution, yep, that's it now. We just uh, 
lie back and, and Trump will sort everything out. And for me, that could be a real nightmare scenario. So just, just be careful and cautious in terms of um, kind of um, the danger of fake oppositions because the globalists and all their cohorts, they're not stupid. They got their eyes, they got their eyes to the, the ground and they know the kind of fake, um, they know the kind of, sorry, I should say, they know the sort of opposition that's rising within the public. And obviously they have all their bots and AI mechanisms uh, who are, got their finger on the pulse in terms of what's happening online the kind of ex opinions that people are expressing even on mainstream kind of news forums and, and things like that something that i've also picked up on i just want to go into this because this is a really important point there's quite a few people in the old media who are who um who are pushing this idea that as the covid19 narrative breaks down more and more and we can see this um, that there's this idea that the general public en masse will realise that they've been scammed and fallen for a massive fraud. And in this instance, what I mean is the fraud of the fake COVID vaccine, especially now we're into, I've spoken again about this before on DC, of course, about um, the fake COVID vaccines and that we're now into, um, into the booster territory. There might come a time when the general public en masse wake up and realize that, oh my god we've been fooled we, we these vaccines aren't vaccines they're not protecting people they're not stopping people from contracting covid from dying of covid i think again i think that's sort of in a way wishful thinking i think it's unlikely to occur because it takes a lot of courage to admit that you've been lied to and in this instance by by the government by the nhs by the health authorities by the media it could even be in a sense counterproductive if millions of because you can have millions of angry people are then herded in a specific direction by the government and the authorities again into a kind of fake revolution and it makes me think of the you know the image of the angry mob looking for revenge which could be a very very dangerous dangerous dynamic and as i say in reality what we know that personal awakening to truth is a very, very uncomfortable process. Uh, it really is. And it's, an, it's the process, of course, the Jungian process of individuation. And each individual's, how each individual uh, person navigates that is specific to them. And it's very different. And I fell down many different, many different uh, types of uh, rabbit holes. But other people tend to just skim the surface and they'll just stip, stop at government, corporate corruption and criminality. You know, they won't necessarily go down into the metaphysical, um, the more spiritual dimension to all the uh, political intrigue, corruption that's going on. And as we know, spiritual awakening is never a group process because um, that just leads us to... Um, the realm of, of cults, of course. Um, so this process of uh, awakening and how it relates to people uh, in, on an individual journey and how it, it can be an extremely, I know myself, when you begin to wake up and realise the world is nothing like you thought it was, oh my word, it's extremely shocking and it can place you in a very, very vulnerable 
position and it, it can literally cause uh, such an extreme shock to your to your psychology and to your emotional state that some people never recover they literally never recover now um, you may or may not be aware of a British comedian called Rick Mayo now he produced and appeared in a short movie called One by One I can't remember I think it was released about around about 2014 2015 and this was about a female character whose life was turned upside down when she began with the help of her friends to learn the truth about 9-11 and the film was brilliant because it shows the pain and turmoil that you go through during this profound experience and I went through as I was saying just now I went through something very similar but unlike the character in the movie I think I'm not sure if it's a TV film or an actual movie I'm not sure on that um, I had no friends to, to help me through this process because in the film um, they help her literally through the process um, and they support her. Um, and it's really stupid to think it would be a good idea to force this process of awakening upon people so that they comprehend the extent of the COVID scam. And as I was just saying, that could cause a lot of long-term psychological damage. So yeah, the other interesting thing is, I believe within a year or two, Rick Mayo, who I think he was in his late 50s, so certainly not a, an old man by any stretch of the imagination, he died after this film was released. Now, um, it's been pulled. It was available for free, unsurprisingly. Um, it was available for free up until about a year ago, because I shared it on some of my content uh, on YouTube, but now it's been banned. And unfortunately, um, I haven't been able to find it. So if any of you guys do manage to find it, I'll repeat it again. It's called One by One. Of course, the clue's in the word there. It's quite short. I only think it's an hour and 20 minutes. It's very, very powerful. Now, I'm not sure. It's probably on some sort of BitTorrent sites. So if you could do me a favour, if you do manage to find it, if you can contact me, that would be amazing. And as I said before, if you um, contact me on Facebook, um, my name is Ant. It's A-N-T. Insuli, that's I-N-S-U-L-I, so send me a friend request and then yeah that would be great um, to find out because I'd I only watched it myself I'd like to watch it again so yeah that's um, that's a, just a, another little um, warning or remember uh, a remembrance of how uh, in all of this kind of revolutionary zeal to remember the awakening process is very much an individual an individual uh, an individual and personal epiphany or epiphanies I should say so this brings us back to I mean you know if history has proven that revolutions achieve in the main in the past nothing but further consolidation of power by controlling forces and uh, political opposition as I've been talking about uh, a little bit of history from the UK is not a viable option and cultural revolution can just be another trap and tool of the controlling powers. How do we, um, you know, how do we uh, move forward? Because we can't just give up. You know, we can't give, give up. But we know that it's only society will only change, and it's only sustainable this change if it comes from within. And now, of course, you're probably all well aware of the hundredth monkey syndrome. And the mandala effect and i won't go into those but they are models as to how 
society changes from within in an organic way where it's not about you know storming the gates you know of bastille and bringing down the system it's where we work on ourselves we we create conscious communities and we walk away from the system we don't comply anymore we don't take it on like i thought what we needed to do when i fell down many conspiracy <laughs> rabbit holes because all that does and it nearly destroyed me is you actually it's it's the um the uh, universal truth <clears throat> one of the spiritual laws that which you oppose you 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 um you make more powerful so it really is a great opportunity in life and it requires us um in a sense to be a vibrationary if we think more on a metaphysical level if we're going to see any genuine change within society, if we're going to see this organic revolution, we need to be in a vibrate, vibrationary match to that revolution in order to make the most of the opportunity. Because this is, again, is the problem of what happens when you have a system that is imposed. So let's say a kind of Trumpian revolution, okay, on the back of uh, disclosure, the truth of the election that comes in. If on a personal level, we don't believe that we deserve to live in such a society or take advantage of a more conscious uh, society, um, then we'll fall into negative behavior patterns and we will de deliberately sabotage the opportunity. So this is a, um, a psychological phenomenon or process that you might be uh, familiar with yourself. Perhaps you're dating someone, you're a guy or a girl, can I say that in this woke era? You're a guy or a girl, hopefully, hopefully I haven't offended anyone. And you're with, with someone and you've fallen for that cultural meme of where, oh shit, oh my god, I'm punching above my weight here. She's, you know, he or she, they're way out of my league. I, I, I could never sustain a relationship with this person. So what do we do? We unconsciously sabotage it. So we, we you know, we piss up the date, we make a fool of ourselves. So we never enter into a relationship. We can also see this in terms of the amount of lottery or lotto winners, depending on what country are you in, the amount of people that win large sums of money and then they lose it. Whatever happens, you know, they, they befall uh, unfortunate circumstances in life and they lose all of it or at least a large tranche, tranche of it. That was because they were not in a vibrationary match to that energy. So again, I repeat this, any system that is externally imposed will only work if the population are in a vibrationary match to it. So I hope that, I hope that makes sense. Again, this is what compels us, um, what compels us to uh, attempt to bring about and more organic kind of revolutionary change within society. Now, don't get me wrong. I totally believe in the concept of righteous anger. And if anyone comes at me and tries to jab me, well, there'll be hell to pay. And, you know, I'm not one of these types of new agers. And I'm not going to mention any names because that's not right. Because I follow a lot of these people and I really like their work. But I do think there's an element within this kind of new age movement that's just don't worry you know non-duality is coming uh, as consciousness 
develops. And I believe in some sense there's truth in this, but there is a passivity which I think is dangerous. I think you can throw the baby out with the bathwater, really. We need to be, as we know, sorry, I know this is a cliche, but hear me out here. We need to be strong warriors in this moment. And sometimes that means that we do need to hold aloft our proverbial metaphorical sword as spiritual warriors, as conscious spiritual warriors. Never more so than now. Never more so than now. So um, just just remember that. Um, because the good news is that day by day, the control system and all its scheming is being revealed more and more. And for many years, you may be aware of this, and I've researched things like conscious communities, people are already walking away and creating new innovative, way, innovative ways of working and living. And um, in terms of off-grid off living and creating uh, intentional communities. And this isn't just sort of on the real fringes of societies in terms of extreme survivalists and preppers. This is, you know, people who up until now may well have been accountants, business people. You know, it's not people who um, who society would now label as sort of extremists or conspiracy theorists. It's people who were perhaps knew how to be success, to be a success, ran successful businesses within the mainstream, but they knew the trap of operating within a system that essentially wants to enslave them. So the drive for individuals to live authentic, authentic, authentically, get my teeth in, and in alignment with our higher purpose grows massively year on year. And it's obviously there are no easy answers to the situation we're in. Um, but the one good thing about COVID-19, uh, it kind of is forcing us to innovate and to um, look at our lives in a more positive way and to remove ourselves from the clutches of the system. Because for many years, uh, I myself have been desperate to see and live positive changes in the world. And as I've said before on DC, I think we all have days when we feel like we're going out of our minds as we comprehend the shocking extent of lies and deceptions. It really can be, um, it can be extremely difficult not to fall into fear, anger, paranoia and helplessness. And um, I have very, very dark days and I managed to try, you know, pull myself, um, pull myself out of that. Because at the same time, each of us is being called on a spiritual level to embrace the awakening process as we step into heart-centered consciousness. And um, yeah, when, we, when we're feeling down and depressed, when we're feeling like the new world order is, is you know, is, is going to be, um, they're going to make their final moves as they push the fake COVID vax passports. And we feel like we've lost all hope. And in the coming years and decades, we're going to be living in a sort of AI technocratic dystopia. It really is important, and I don't say this, I don't mean to be crass, but it's important to remain centred and cultivate an inner state of peace. Because we do need to prepare for all scenarios 
from a place of emotional balance rather than fear and anger um, because things could get pretty grim in some countries really violent and they already are as I said in 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 Melbourne and in many other places so what I would do is attempt to develop strong bonds with your neighbours if possible and accept that all of us might have to put our lives on the line as we stand by our principles in facing the the evil parasitic forces that seek to enslave humanity and we all want justice and some sense of sanity to be restored on this planet it really does grates on our very being to live in a world of such extreme injustices and the covid event has simply reinforced this for many of us i know that we all want to see the vision of our dreams for a better world finally become reality but on the surface at least it appears that this is not happening so we have to revolutionise our internal worlds whilst following, as I said earlier, non-compliance and physically resisting the controls and tyranny of government when we have little other option and follow through on righteous anger. So with all this in mind, don't be surprised if the much... So what I want to... Um, another point I want to make here is, sorry, is to say... I know a lot of people, and this is also part of this whole revolutionary fervour, they believe that we're about to see some sort of kind of Nuremberg trial type trials. But again, I want to add a cautionary tale because there's a lot of hopium out there and this might never transpire. It's like, um, like a, a lot of these, for years we've heard that all the elites are about to be arrest, arrested and figures in... Uh, the movie and the entertainment industry. I think we saw figures of DeGeneres. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres had a, like a, allegedly a tracking device on her ankle, and uh, and Tom Hanks, and um, it all came to nothing. So don't be surprised if the much predicted show trials of those responsible for planning and implemented the COVID scamdemic. Don't but don't be surprised if that never happens. Because as I was saying, there's, there is a lot of people in the alt media who are predicting that th this is imminent. And we're, we are rightly ang angry and we want justice for all the heinous crimes still being carried out in the name of uh, a public, a fake public health crisis. So um, I do think, again, and this speaks to a sort of kind of fake revolution, some lower level players may well be thrown under the bus in a series of fake show trials but we need to remain extremely vi vigilant because um you know the mainstream covid narrative is failing and those behind the covid scamdemic i think that's why they're more and more placing their emphasis upon the fake green revolution uh, and global warming the climate change agenda um so things are so things are uh, are beginning to break down and it's also important to remember on a spiritual hyperdimensional level, beyond the polarity of good and evil, the existence of all the systems of control, economic, financial, political, social, cultural, as individuals and as individuals and collectively, we have co-authored this very scenario in order to compel growth and transformation on this planet. So 
in a strange sense, we requested the very adversary, the, in other words, the parasitic forces that have dominated this planet and preyed upon us for thousands of years. And the COVID-19 event is forcing us to face the adversary in ourselves, our collective and individual shadow, which um, Carl Jung has written about extensively. And I can also recommend the work of Daniel Levy uh, on, and his book about um, Wetico as a fantastic book, which I've read a few times. And yeah, uh, I'd recommend, um, recommend you read that. Um, so we can no longer delay or um, or belittle the work, the shadow work, because it is essential that we do this right now for the evolution of the planet and for this idea that I'm talking about here of this idea of a conscious evolution, uh, which is what we need, a conscious revolution. Because our time has finally come to step up to the mark. We can no longer, we can no longer just say, well, we, what we need to do is just remove the evildoers and then society will change and then we can have this revolution. We have to become, we have to be, uh, we have to become the grounded version of the type of changes we wish to see in the external world. <clears throat> we know there are zero political solutions, as I said earlier. That ship has sailed many, many years ago. There are no ideologies, no movements, no white hats, no black hats depending on your your perspective, of course, <laughs> and certainly no external heroes. Uh, we have to be our own hero, one thinks of the work of um, Joseph Campbell. We each have our own individual role to play in the transformation of... Com in, the in the transformation... Sorry, folks, I can't get my word out today. Words out. In the transformation of consciousness, because as we know, the revolution will not be televised. And... If, do, if we want to survive as a species, we can no longer give our power away to external fake authority figures, whether they be uh, media stars, whether they be uh, sporting celebs, whether they be uh, politicians, whether they be media moguls, whether they be finance experts. Because now is the moment to finally break the chains of slavery that have beset this planet for eons. All the fake divide and rule programming, religion on the basis of religion, race, sexuality, ethnicity and nationality. We need to celebrate and embrace differences whilst also honouring our genuine collective values that come from within rather than being imposed by globalist organisations and think tanks and the myth of the one world movement, of course, we need to recognise in the Western world that we've been completely seduced by the cult of convenience and technology. We need to free ourselves from self-imposed collective state of sleep and am amnesia and kind of uh, cultural references. We need, one thinks of Plato's Allegory of the Cave, The Wizard of, the, or the Wizard of Oz, the Matrix, The Truman Show, and countless other movies and um, theatre productions um, that have told us about the true story of humanity and our evolution and our path to personal freedom. So the message in those movies um, is never truer than now. And there's, yeah, well worth revisiting a lot of those movies right now. 
So my advice is to stop, and I have to keep reminding myself each day of this. So this is for you guys as much as it is for me. My advice is stop obsessing about the twists and turns of the control system, the plots, the gaslighting, the games, the diversions, the political shenanigans, which are designed to grab our collective psychic energy. The system wants you to resist in a perpetual, sorry, the system wants you to exist in a perpetual state of fear, anger and frustration. So what is the perfect antidote? Is follow the advice of the great Joseph Campbell. Find your bliss. Follow your bliss. And I know that sounds grandiose and a bit flippant, but it simply means find what you love doing, then shine your new, your, then share your unique personal gifts with the world. It certainly doesn't have to be anything amazing or innovative, just a hobby or something you're passionate about. Uh, and you can be the model uh, for those around you in society. You know, that cheesy old frame phrase, shine your light, more on that at the end. And it's the only way, the only or, organic way we're going to have a, an organic conscious revolution in this world. So I'll just give you a brief example. Example. I wonder how many people with hand on heart would really choose to work for arms manufacturers like BOE, BOE Systems Boeing and Raytheon, if, if the people that work there, if they were following their bliss. Um, maybe I'm being naive or simplistic in my thinking. Please do tell me. But, I mean, I, I just think um, that if those people were following their bliss and uh, it meant, by extension, um, that arms weren't being produced, then how could we have any wars in this world? I mean, this is how it begins. This is how we begin to bring about an organic, conscious um, revolution. Because the world, genuine long-term change, the world tends to transform following on from real small incremental positive changes that often occur off the radar and remain out of sight. So I just want to round things up in today's episode. And share um, these were words spoken uh, by Nelson Mandela or Mandela if you prefer <laughs> his inauguration speech in 1994 now um, not many people are aware but they're actually allegedly penned by Marion Williamson I believe in the late 70s I can't remember the title of a book now we draw a <laughs> we draw a veil over uh, her authenticity as a, a new ager because she has I believe she's still alive but she has strong links to Oprah Oprah and um, I think she's one of the fake white light brigade and um, I believe that she also uh, I think, don't know if she did but she was running uh, to be a Democrat nomination for the 2020 election I'm not sure she she uh, ran through on that so she's often obviously a kind of a leftist now if we put that to one side i probably believe that she probably nicked these words off someone else but they are well worth repeating and it's kind of why i'm talking about in this episode it really encapsulates what i've been trying to get across because i know all of us and myself included all of the tyranny in the world and the hopelessness we're feeling right now and that desire for some kind of revolution to transform society does begin with us 
And I know that's hard when, as I was saying before, when we want that kind of instant change, we want this awful scamdemic and the gaslighting and the insulting lies to end. It really is important to just go within. So I'll just share these words to you now. So our deepest fear is that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we consciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. As I said, that was um, a speech by Nelson Mandela, inaugural speech back in 1994. So powerful words, I think you'll agree, and uh, worthwhile reflecting upon. So I just wanted to leave you all with, with that. And um, yeah, so just a very brief summary. In today's episode, um, I've spoken about some of the dangers of what we might see in terms of fake revolutions. And as a kind of, um, as a counterpart to that, how we can become part of a more conscious, uh, organic revolution uh, that we might take place um, within society. And at the same time, not to fall into kind of new age, fake white light passivity, to stand in our sovereign strength as conscious organic human beings. And if we need to step into righteous anger at this time, don't be afraid to do that. So thank you all for listening today. I really appreciate your time. It's really kind of you. And once again, if you have enjoyed my episode today, please do share it on all your own social media platforms. That would be amazing. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, I will speak to you all again very soon. Bye bye for now. 